You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to New York. This is, is the Devil's Devil State, State of Mind, of Mind podcast, podcast, brought to you brought by to the, you hockey the Hockey Podcast, podcast Network. Network. Now here's now your here's host, host, Neil Villapiano! What is going on, Devils fans? It is once again your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of of the Devil's State of Mind podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get everything you need to know about your new Jersey Devils. I hope you guys are having a fantastic day wherever you're listening to this podcast episode. Thank you guys, as always, for taking time out of your day to check these episodes out. I greatly, greatly appreciate it. This podcast and everything we do here at the Hockey Podcast Network are sponsored by the great people over at DraftKings Sportsbook. When you sign up for DraftKings, make sure to use our promo code THPN. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, we have a ton to talk about here on this episode. We're going to mainly recap the two games that the Devils played over the weekend against the Capitals and the Montreal Canadiens. We got one of our main players back for the first time all season. For the first time, getting a chance to play and uh, hopefully can play a decent amount of the rest of the games uh, down the road. So, As always, guys, we have a bunch to get to here on the Devil's State of Mind podcast. So let's not waste any more time and get rolling. So we'll start with the game recap back on Saturday against the Washington Capitals. So the Devils were looking to win the season series against the Caps. They had split the first two games. So now was an opportunity for them to try to see if they could secure at least, you know, a you know, a season victory, especially against the Capitals team that the Devils did not beat once all of last season. So clearly the Devils have had better success against this Capitals team this year. 
The big thing from the Capitals' perspective is that prior to the game, they were honoring Nicholas Backstrom, who had just reached 1,000 career points in the National Hockey League, definitely on his way to most likely being in the Hockey Hall of Fame, along with his longtime buddy and teammate Alexander Ovechkin, when their careers come to an end. So... I was very curious to see how the Devils would come out because it had been a couple of days since they um, since they last played when they took on the Maple Leafs. And I would say, honestly, that it was a pretty even first period. Both teams traded some really good opportunities. But at the end of the day, both uh, Vitek Vanacek, Vanacek and uh, Nico Dawes uh, did a really good job of locking it down, making some really good saves. So after one period of play, it was no score. And uh, I think in many ways, that was something that I was okay with, was obviously skeptical about the Devils going into the second period. As we all know, the Devils have really struggled in a lot of these second periods, and especially against a very high-powered offense in the Washington Capitals, you didn't really feel all that good. But the Devils didn't waste any time in the second period as they created an opportunity almost right away off of a turnover in the defensive zone by the Washington Capitals. Devils came in, Sharon Govich got the puck, kind of circled around on the right side, fed it to Jack Hughes, who was coming off the bench, and Jack Hughes, without any hesitation, rifled the shot over the glove of Vanacek and into the net to give the Devils the one nothing lead just 55 seconds into the period. And with that goal, Jack Hughes moved into first place on the Devils' goal-scoring list, getting his 22nd of the year. However, though, the Cats wouldn't uh, be down for long as they would end up tying it up on a two-on-one just about two minutes later. Tom Wilson got a nice feed from Connor Sheary, and even though Jesper Brett was really just right there with Tom Wilson. The puck actually ended up going under Jesper Brad's stick, right to the stick of Tom Wilson. And he was able, he didn't really get all of it, but he got enough of it that beat Nico Dawes on that cross crease feed to tie the game up at one. Um, the one knock I'll say is that that whole uh, play started with just a bad turnover in the offensive zone by Ty Smith. He kind of backhand, he kind of dropped past it, but nobody was there. And then the Capitals were able to quickly go the other way and create themselves a really good opportunity that they took advantage of and scored. So about two, two and a half minutes in, or almost three minutes now into the um, into the game, the uh, the second period, excuse me, uh, the game was tied up at one goal apiece. Things uh, then kind of not really settled down, but they went back to what we saw a lot in the first period where both teams were creating chances left and right. But again, it definitely seemed like it was going to be a goalies game, that both Vanacek and Dawes were going to be on point from the start and going to be locked and loaded to make some really good saves. The Devils would eventually get themselves another really good opportunity. And at the 717 mark of the period, Damon Severson, who did a nice shimmy around Anthony Mantha right near the Devils bench. He skated it back up to the top of the blue line, took a slap shot and hit the top post and in, and the Devils regained the lead at two to one. It was a really, really nice goal. Somewhat of a bomb, if you could really say. He loaded it up, Severson did, and you could hear it hit the top iron and in. It was a nice goal. Devils grabbing the lead back at 2-1. to one. For Severson, that was his 10th goal of the season. That also was the 50th career goal of Damon Severson's career. So Severson continuing to... Um, Eclipse milestones in his career, and that is certainly a big one. And most importantly, it gets the Devils the lead there at two to one. And then Nico Dawes really, really settled into the rest of that period, denying the, the Capitals several times of getting the tying goal. And after two periods of play, 
was two to one doubles. So considering the fact that we were able to win that second period and have the lead, I think was very, very important. So I definitely felt a lot more confident going into third. However, I knew the devils were going to have to score a couple of more times if they wanted had a chance, if they wanted to have a chance to win this game, because we know what type of offense that the Capitals can bring on a consistent basis. And early on in the third period, I definitely felt like the devils unfortunately went back to their defensive slash penalty kill type shell where they just allowed the Capitals to kind of control the pace, control the momentum and go from there. And the Capitals didn't take very long. It's just two away into the period, a nice tic-tac-toe passing, eventually getting it over to Connor McMichael, who would nice, who would slowly and nicely tap it into an, to an open net. And the Capitals were able to tie the game up at two. And that was, um, that was definitely frustrating, but again, it was only about two minutes into the period. So still a lot of hockey left to play with the game being tied at two. Um, a couple of minutes later at the 6.56 mark to be exact, um, with the Devils struggling to get the puck out of the offensive zone, Jack Hughes, and I believe it was Ty Smith kind of got mixed up just trying to get the puck out of the zone. Uh, it eventually led to the Capitals creating a takeaway. And then Nick Backstrom kind of got the puck, circled it around, and then he just wristed it top shelf over the glove side of Nico Dodds. It was a beautiful goal. And the Capitals got their first lead of the game at three to two, just about seven minutes into the third period. Now there was a not a not a long delay, but there was a delay after that goal because one of the things that the Capitals did to honor Nick Backstrom is that they gave away these squishy like stress balls that had like one K points um, for Nick Backstrom. It's kind of a thing to honor him. So right after Backstrom scored. Almost every single Capitals fan who had a ball threw the ball onto the ice. So it's kind of like what you see when somebody scores a hat trick and they throw the hat on the ice, or even when when the uh, Florida Panthers in 96 were making that run to the cup final and they were throwing rats on the ice. It was kind of like that. Um, so obviously the Devils and Capitals and, and the equipment staff, the ice crew, excuse me, of the Capitals had to um, brush aside those uh, – those foam balls. And that was kind of it. I guess that was pretty much the point that if Backstrom were to score a goal, that that's what they would do. And that's what they ended up doing. So there was a little bit of a delay, but uh, the main point is that Backstrom scored to make it three to two capitals. Um, capitals continue to come on. And then with eight twelve to go, Alexander Ovechkin got an absolutely beautiful feed over from the right corner from Evgeny Kuznetsov. Ovechkin, again, being unguarded, standing all alone in his wheelhouse or relatively close to his wheelhouse. Nonetheless, got a great feed, tapped it into an open net and scored. And the Capitals doubling the lead now to four to two. So, and with that goal, that made it three goals on five shots for the Capitals. So definitely that whole blitz of those um, 12 minutes or so to begin this third period really kind of shook the devils. And it, and it was really hard for them to gain any sort of momentum back that they had had prior to the capital scoring. So at that point, you're not feeling all that great. And you're feeling like, well, um, unless the devils can really get themselves going here in the last eight plus minutes, uh, this one's going to be over. What I did like, though, what I did like was that the Devils did not give up. They continued to fight. They really did a good job, especially in the last minute or so, to create some good opportunities. And then Jack Hughes, he tried to take a sharp angle shot. It got stopped by 
Vanacek, but Jesper Bratt was open on the other side and was able to knock it in just enough on a rebound to score to get his 22nd of the year and cut the deficit to one at four to three with exactly 31.9 seconds to go. And then right after that, off the faceoff, Devils come right back in. Nico Kiescher gets a nice pass from the left side. He takes a good shot, but it goes right into the chest of Vanacek to make the save. Devils would continue to push after that. Dougie Hamilton had a really good chance right then and there at the end. A little bit of a scramble in front, but then the Caps were able to just clear it out of the zone, and the clock expired, and the Devils, unfortunately, ended up dropping this one by the score of 4-3 to in regulation. So they end up finishing the season series against the Capitals with a 1-2 and record. Definitely better than, obviously, last year, but still not great, especially when you're facing up against one of your division rivals um but at the end of the day you know the difference in this game was definitely those three goals on five shots in the third period that pretty much uh was the difference but again i really liked how the devils competed to the very end they were able to get a goal to cut the deficit to one they had one or two chances in the last 30 seconds after that to potentially score so they very well could have still been able to come back from down two in the span of you know a couple of seconds but they just ran out of steam and it was definitely a frustrating one um, at the end of the day. So, yeah, it, it is what it is. And you just try to move on. But it, And, again, it's another one of those games where it sucks to lose. No question about it. But you still look at it and you say, at least the Devils didn't just completely fall apart in the third, give up another two or three goals, and get really blown out and just kind of give up. They, they shook those three goals. After giving up those three goals, they continued to push, continued to create pressure, got themselves to within one um, but uh, ultimately couldn't get enough. So, again, tough one there, but uh, the good news was for the Devils is that they had a game the very next night um, to try to regroup against the Montreal Canadiens. The NHL season has been packed with dirty dangles, hat tricks, and big wins. As the action rolls on, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has your shot to win big, too. New customers can bet just $1 on any team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's right. A bump in the win column for your team meets free bets for you. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, don't worry. You still have a shot to light the lamp. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to bet just $1 on any NHL team and get $150 in free bets if they win. That's promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 or older, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And speaking of those Montreal Canadiens, we now shift to the game the very next night at home against the Montreal Canadiens. Devils looking to secure the season series win versus the Habs. This was the second of now what's going to be three meetings between these two teams. Um, after this, the Devils will play the, the Habs, I believe, on the 6th or the 9th of April, so relatively soon, and that game will also be in New Jersey, so the Devils will have another crack at the Habs after that. Um, the Canadians were coming into this game as still the only team in the NHL that had been mathematically eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs, and we did get word several hours before the game that if the Devils were to lose this game in regulation, they would become just the second team in the NHL to be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. So, 
I mean, I know again, you're you're it's a battle of two teams towards the bottom of the NHL. And yes, you would end up if you win the game, you're just delaying the inevitable. But still, the Devils want to continue to compete and want to continue to give themselves fighting chances, regardless of the circumstance that they're in. But the biggest news that we got hours before the game is that the Devils activated Miles Wood off of the injured reserve list and made it clear that he was going to be making his season debut in this game against the, the, the Canadians. And that was great because you saw over the last couple of weeks, Miles Wood was not only skating, but he was practicing with the team for several days. He was wearing a, a contact jersey, a regular practice jersey. So you knew it was only a matter of time before Wood was going to get the chance. So now Miles Wood will have 15, 14, 15, 16 games left to go in the season after this one. Um, to play and it's important for him because it gets him the chance to play this season and knowing that he'll be a restricted free agent um he's looking to try to get some money in the offseason so he'll look to try to um end a very short year for him still on a big high note but again miles wood coming in bringing a lot of energy physicality and certainly speed something that the devils have been missing all season long and i think for miles wood who suffered from a hip injury after the first, um, I think it was the first preseason game, for him to still get a chance to play this year, I think is uh, tremendous by him. So again, very exciting. You saw in warmups how happy Miles Wood was just to be able to be on the ice and play with the team. And uh, the Devils adding, definitely getting a big piece back in the lineup. The Devils were also, um, it was their Veterans Day, so they were wearing camo warm-up jerseys, one of the many warm-up jerseys that we've had. I don't know if they'll have any others um, this season, but uh, again, like I said, I will definitely do an episode at some point, probably during the offseason, ranking these and uh, kind of going from there. Because this has been this has been a year for the Devils when it comes to creative warm-up jerseys, that's for sure. But now we'll go into the game itself, starting in the first period. I would say the first half of the period, the, the Canadians were the better team. They had some more, they had the, the better of the chances. Uh, I, right off the first face-off, the Canadians almost created a two-on-one. They still got a good shot off, but Dawes made the save. Second half of that period, though, was definitely controlled by the Devils. So when you really look at it as a whole, it was a pretty even period. Both teams had a fair share of opportunities, but Nico Dawes and Sam Montem Montembeau were able to make really good saves. However, with 47 seconds left to go in the period, Montembeau had the puck, it came up to him, and he was trying to fake out Sharon Govich, who was coming on him strong. He was going to try to backhand it to um, Romanov, who was standing on the left side. But unfortunately, Montembeau's pass was... Uh, too, was too weak to say the least and instead of it going to the left it went right straight to Jack Hughes who was coming in on the four check he got the puck and then just took a took a nice wrist shot top shelf over the glove of Montevallon in and the Devils were able to get the one nothing lead that they would have at the end of this first period so what was a really good period that was dictated by the goaltenders um, ended up ending on a low note for Montebao as he made one bad mistake that cost him a goal. Jack Hughes getting his 23rd of the season, again, jumping uh, just about once again for the team lead. So at this point, he's just seven goals away from 30, and I don't have any doubt that he will end up getting to uh, 30 goals. Same thing with Jesper Brown. I have no doubt that that these guys won't get there. I think that they will have at least two 30-goal scores by the end of the year when it's all said and done. But again, after the first period, 
it's one nothing Devils. So despite it being a relatively even period, the Devils at home were able to grab the one nothing lead. Now into the second period, the Devils would the Devils and Canadians would continue to trade chances back and forth. Again, it looked more and more as this game progressed that it was going to end up being a low-scoring back and forth game, and it was just a matter of which goaltender was going to end up conceding more in this one. It was going to be low-scoring regardless. I think a lot of people, including myself expected more goals, considering both of these teams have been able to do that at a pretty high rate of late, but both goaltenders were certainly on their game in this one, especially with Nico Dawes, who had just played the night before and has played quite a lot over the last uh, couple of weeks, which really goes without saying. But with 5.44 to go in the period, Devils on their first power play of the game, Brett makes a beautiful feed on the left side to a wide-open Jack Hughes who risks a shot through the legs of a diving Romanov into an open net and in. And the Devils double the lead to two. It's now two to nothing with Jack Hughes getting his second goal of the game, 24th of the season, and most importantly, making it two nothing. So Jack Hughes giving himself the opportunity to, I believe he would be, if he had scored another goal, he would have gotten the first hat trick of the season um, for anybody on the Devils. So I think I, I felt pretty confident that there was still over five minutes and an entire third period, and Jack Hughes already had two goals. So at this point now, getting towards the end of the, the, the second period, you're feeling that much better from the Devils' perspective because now you're up by two. You've been able to weather some of the storms that the Canadians have thrown at you. You've killed off a couple of penalties already. You, you're looking pretty good. The, the Devils ended up having to go on a five-on-three penalty kill, and they killed off the first one, and they had just killed off, like a second after, they had just killed off the second penalty when uh, Barron took a wrist shot that was going wide, but a great deflection by Josh Anderson, who was all alone in front of the net. He deflected it because the puck just went under the glove of Dawes. He deflected it, it went in, and the Canadians were able to cut the deficit to one at two to one. Josh Anderson getting his 16th of the year with 224 remaining in the period. And that's where things stood after two is the Devils, with both teams getting themselves a goal in that period, they still have the one the one goal lead. It's now two to one Devils after two. So definitely going into the third, the question was simply this. Were the Devils going to try to come out and be aggressive and try to get the next goal and put this one away and not give the Canadians any hope that they were going to come back? Or were they going to fall into their defensive slash penalty kill shell and allow the Canadians to do what they needed to do? For the most part, the Devils fell back on their heels and allowed the Canadians to have some really good chances. The biggest chance the Devils had in that third period was A.J. Greer. He dove for the puck, was able to get it over to Jimmy Vesey, who was all alone on a, on a breakaway. But um, Montembeau made a great glove save to deny Vesey. That would have been able to give the Devils the two-goal lead back. But again, Montembeau continuing to stay strong in net, keeping the deficit at just one and then we get all the way to the final minute of the period the canadians pulled montembeau for the extra skater damon severson he had the puck fired it down to the empty net but missed it wide right and there was an icing and then the canadians called the timeout to set something up and then on that ensuing face-off canadians won it uh nick suzuki was able to just keep it in getting it over to Caulfield, who took a shot that was, um, I think it was saved, and then also blocked for a second by Christian Dvorak. But then Dvorak, with his back to the goal, 
just kind of passed the puck through his own legs, through the defenseman's legs. I'm not sure exactly which defenseman it was, but through the legs of, of two guys over to a wide open Rem Pitlick, who was able to knock it into an open net. And with 41.8 seconds to go, the Canadians had tied the game up at two. And that was definitely a, a, agonizing type of goal to give it up because you know you were just seconds earlier from making it three to one which would have put the game out of reach even if Pitlick had scored eventually um but then you know you ice the puck you have to keep your guys on and the Canadians were able to tie it up and because of that the game ended up having to go to overtime so not feeling all that great and you're hoping that the Devils can refocus from that and try to get the next goal both teams in overtime had glorious chances. Both Jesper Bratt and then Nico Heischer right at the end of, of overtime, both ended up hitting the post. They beat Montebao, but they did not beat the post. Mike Hoffman had the best chance probably for either team because he got himself a breakaway off a bad turnover by Damon Severson, and he took the shot, and it appeared in real time that he had scored. And... But but right after that, you know, nobody, you know, Nico Dawes like immediately shook his head and said that puck did not go in. Mike Hoffman had his arms up in the air thinking that he had won. A lot of confusion. The refs ended up actually having to go to the replay. Didn't take very long. And you saw that uh, Hoffman hit both posts. He hit the left post and then the right post, but it did not go in. The ref came out, said no goal. And so we played on. Right after that was the Nico Heaster chance, who got a partial breakaway, used the power move, went top shelf, but it hit the post. And then after that, really nothing else happened. And so the game had to go to a shootout, which if you're a Devils fan, and we all know this, how agonizing it is to watch this team in shootouts over the last decade change. It's been absolutely difficult. But this was actually a pretty entertaining shootout. Both teams were actually able to score a pretty decent amount. The Canadians had not one, but two chances to score one goal, which would have put the game away, which would have won it for the Canadians. But Nico Dawes came up with some saves and we eventually had to get to round seven with ever with the shootout tied at three goals apiece. Sharon Govich went to his left, slowly got back to center and he just rifled it past the glove of Montembeau and in and the Devils grabbed the lead at four to three. So Nico Dawes for the second consecutive shooter, all he needed to do was make a save and the Devils would win. And it was up to Paul Byron to come up with the opportunity. He took a shot, but it was a great blocker saved by Nico Dawes and the Devils were able to win this one in the shootout four to three and win the game overall three to two, despite giving up the tying goal with just 41 seconds to go in regulation. So with the win, the Devils now move to 2-0-0 versus the Habs this season. So they've secured the season series win. And now in a couple of weeks, about a week and change from now, they'll look. So it won't be this week. It'll be the week after. They will look to try to see if they can sweep the season series against the Habs, which would obviously be important. Nico Dawes getting his eighth win of the year. So he's just two wins shy of getting to double digits. The Devils finish the weekend going 1-1-0. and and the Devils now will have a pretty long time off after these back-to-backs as they won't play Monday, Tuesday, or Wednesday. Their next game will be Thursday night in Boston against the Bruins. The one other note that I forgot to mention that I wanted to shout out was Jack Hughes' shootout goal. He was able to softly lift the puck 
and it just slightly goes over the shoulder of Montebaun. And it was a beautiful goal from a tremendous player in Jack Hughes. It was a great goal. Highlight of the night. It unfortunately wasn't the game winner, but still, it was one hell of a goal. And a lot of people couldn't stop talking about it, how great it was. And it just, again, goes to show you how much better Jack Hughes gets every single game and the type of skill level he brings to the table every single night. So, yeah, it was a, it was a big win. Um, it was an important win as well. Um, another update really quick. Uh, if the Capitals win on Monday, both the, I think, and I think it's just they have to win, um, both the New Jersey Devils and the Philadelphia Flyers will each at the same time be mathematically eliminated from the playoffs. So uh, again, if the Devils want to keep whatever playoffs we, we have left, um, they will have to hope that the, the, the Hurricanes defeat the Capitals. I, I don't know if, if it goes to an overtime shootout, if that makes a difference. But uh, yeah, there's a good chance that on Monday, the 28th of March, the Devils will officially be eliminated from the playoffs. But nonetheless, it was a big victory. And now the Devils have the chance to rest for a couple of days and then go up against another very tough opponent in the Boston Bruins. Now, the last thing I wanted to quickly talk about um, here is something that I came across literally an hour after the Devils game against the Montreal Canadiens. Um, for those of you that don't know, Steve Dangle is a very well-known name in the hockey world. He has the LFR videos, the Leafs fan reaction, in which he reacts to every single Toronto Maple Leafs game. He works for Sportsnet. He has a uh, he has his own podcast with a couple of his friends, the Steve Dangle Podcast. He's all it's also part of the uh, Steve Dangle Podcast Network, I believe it's called, because it's called SDPN. Um, and they have a podcast. I think they do one or two episodes a week. And on one of their more recent ones, they actually um, posted a clip on their YouTube channel um, here. And it was all about what is wrong with the New Jersey Devils. And obviously being a Devils fan and covering this team was very curious to know what these three people had to say. The main point of it all from their perspective was that they have no idea what the Devils are doing. And they don't like the fact that the Devils don't have a good goaltending situation, and that's understandable. But they also have said that the Devils don't score a lot. Um, they didn't really give a whole lot of credit to a guy like Jesper Bratt or even the progression of a guy like Nico Heischer or some of the other young guys that we have on the team. They believe that the Devils are in purgatory where they're not really rebuilding, but they're not really um, they're not really competing either, that they've made a lot of moves that didn't make sense uh, and things like that. Um, they also mentioned the fact that we don't have a ton of draft picks like we've had in years past and everything like that. I just want to point out a couple of things from that. And I want to speak because obviously being a Devils fan, I feel that I have the right to speak on this whole thing. And this is where I would have appreciated if they had asked somebody, I'm not saying me, I'm not saying me, but I'm saying I would have liked to have seen them speak to somebody who knows the devils, who understands the devils and can actually give you a better understanding of what exactly the whole, the whole situation is because it just didn't make sense to me as to why it was spoken this way. Here is what I wrote in the comments in the comment section of this um, 
of this video. And uh, I'll try to leave a link um, to it on, you know, when I make the post on Twitter for the episode. And you guys, if you guys want to go see my comment, it's uh, the NVP show. That is my um, profile on you on YouTube. I said this with all due respect, you guys are pretty much wrong in this assessment of the devils. First of all, if you look at their overall play of the past two months, they are scoring on average four to five goals a night. It's not always Hughes or Brad doing it, mind you. It's guys like Nico Heischer, Dawson Mercer, even Tatar for a little while, Pavel Zaka, Sharon Govich. You know, we have other defensemen that have been able to score. It's not just the guys that they wanted to talk about, Hughes and Brad. Second, their underlying numbers from guys like Jay Fresh show that if this team had decent, consistent goaltending, they would be in a much better spot, and many people would agree. And you can see it. In Jay Fresh, the Devils' offensive and defensive stats are in the top 10. The thing that's in the bottom half of the league is the goaltending. So it's not the defense, really, even though goaltending is part of the defense, and it's certainly not the offense, especially over the last two months. So that's another point to make. Now, the next thing that I said was this. Third, what are you guys talking about with, quote, tearing it down? And we don't have support. We have guys like Alexander Holtz, Luke Hughes, Graham Clark, Shakir Mukamadulin, Arseni Gritsiuk, and several other guys in our farm system and in our just prospect pool that haven't even played in the NHL yet that are incredibly talented. And even a guy like Fabian Zetterlin has shown a lot of promise. And then also I said, look at the Utica comments. They're in first place overall in the entire American Hockey League. That doesn't happen by accident. And the guys that have been stepping up are some of the main prospects that we have. So that's another thing that they did not mention at all. They didn't mention the prospects at all. Uh, also, go read the latest copy of Hockey News. If you guys remembered on social media, and you can just look it up, the latest cover of the Hockey News, which is one of, if not the best magazine for hockey, has the front cover of the New Jersey Devils with Jack Hughes and uh, Alexander Holtz, Luke Hughes, Dawson Mercer, Nico Kiescher. And the title of the, 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 the article is The Devils Have Created a Beast. So that, again, points out that the Devils are actually in a much better position and are actually building something than what people like Steve Dangle and his friends are going off of. Now, here's, a, I, again, I said, also go read the latest copy of Hockey News and learn about what New Jersey is building before you start saying that we don't have an identity and that we don't know what to do. We need more scoring, and we'll get that as well as some solid goaltending, which we'll also get. After that, you guys can make your assessment. Sincerely, a Devils fan who actually watches the team and a lot of the comments as well also agree with what I said. And this one person said, You guys completely forgot we have Alexander Holtz, Luke Hughes, and Arsenio Gritsiak, who are all having amazing seasons in their respective leagues. And we still have a chance of getting a first overall pick or at least top five. So we, we're adding more talent just from there. And then somebody responded to this comment with another comment, which is a lot longer, but it was also detailed. Kevin Ball, Shakir Mukamadulin, Samu Salmanin, Salmanin, Graham Clark, Nolan Foote, Bradley Walsh, Tyler Tice Thompson, Fabian Zettelin, tons of cap space, Wood out all season, starting goalies out for three quarters of the season, Hughes out for almost a quarter of the year, Hamilton missed 10 games, only one player has played every game so far, our rookie Dawson Mercer. And tons of cap space. Funny thing is these guys are knocking on us like we're a complete joke. 
a lot of people are jumping the gun, calling the Rangers a cup contender, and just laugh off and laugh off season NHL writers were explaining how the Devils rebuild is a proper and long-lasting rebuild, whereas the Rangers are rushing things and don't develop their draft picks well at all. And I'm not just saying this because I'm a Devils fan. It's very obvious. It's very, very obvious. Um, funny how you can own run a podcast while the comment section has all the facts. Scary. So, and and there and there was another point in that in that segment where they were talking about how oh the Canadians are in a better position than the Devils. They're going to jump the next year. The Sabers are in a better position. They're going to jump the Devils next year. The Islanders, who are old as shit, are going to jump the Devils next year. It was just a fluke and things like that. Arizona Coyotes as well. Are you smoking something? I know Steve Dangle loved last season and the year before with his Steve Dangits, you know, to constantly crap on the Devils. And yes, the Devils gave him a lot of content. But the thing about it is that these guys, although they are very respected and they know hockey very well, they only focus on one team and that's the Toronto Maple Leafs. What they do is that they get, then go around and try to assess other teams and just speak like they know what they're talking about without giving more facts. They just looked at, this year, and they look at everything like that, and they just immediately assume that this team is a joke and they don't know what they're doing. So again, I don't know exactly what they were talking about, where they got their information from, or anything like that. But it just proves that they were not watching what everyone else is watching. And there are other fans of other teams that have come and said, wow, the Devils are not far off from being a beast. Look at the amount of talent that they have. These guys, because they're so high up and they want to have their, you know, because they feel like that their opinion um, is bigger than most, that they know exactly what they're talking about. The reality is they don't. So, and I just reeled off what I said, and I reeled off what several other people in the comment section said, all the things that they did not talk about in those nine minutes. So I wouldn't recommend listening to this if you want to get pissed off, but if you want to, understand it from my perspective and listen to it as well you're more than welcome to again i'll leave a link i'll leave a um i'll leave a link to it in the you know when i when i promote this episode but again it's just ridiculous that there are people out there that will just say this stuff without realizing it but again you know you have other situations you have other points to make where there is obvious that people around the nhl are in agreement that the devils are not that far off elliot friedman in his 32 thoughts even said that he also agreed that the Devils were a lot are a lot better than what their record shows because of their goaltending. And Mackenzie Blackwood, we still don't know what's going on with him long term. Nico Dawes looks like he's probably going to be one of the guys long term. Maybe even Akira Schmidt. Maybe the Devils' solution in net is having these two young guys playing full time next year. Maybe, maybe we do have to go out and get a free agent goaltender. Maybe we have to trade for somebody. I do not know, but we definitely need to improve the goaltending. And again, if our goaltending numbers improve a bunch next season with where our offense is going and where our defense has gotten, we're going to be in a much better hunt for a playoff spot next season. Okay. And again, you look at the way the Metropolitan Division went this year and the Eastern Conference in general, if the Devils had gotten consistent goaltending straight up, they would be in a playoff spot playoff hunt right now i'm gonna be very honest with you so you don't have to just take my word for it just look around the nhl and what people are saying about this team okay so that's just the way i'm looking at it so i i wanted to come on here and speak about that i didn't know if i wanted to say it on this episode or this one coming up on thursday but i wanted to speak my mind about this and give it from a person who actually watches the freaking team on a day-to-day -day basis I don't go around saying all the things that are wrong about the Toronto Maple Leafs and acting like I know what's and act like I know everything like that. Okay. 
I actually try to watch the team and then kind of go from there. I don't just say what I need to say. I don't just watch the Devils once or twice when my favorite team's playing them and then assess them like that. You can't. You just straight up can't. So my advice to that podcast is simply this. When you decide to crap on a team, do a couple of things. One, do your research. That's the first thing. And do as much of it as possible. Number two, think about actually interviewing somebody who knows the team pretty well and that they can give a better opinion of it than you guys. Okay. Those are the options I would give you. So I'm not going to go on here and tell these people that they are horrible people or anything like that. But it is too ridiculous to make those assumptions and make that assessment without knowing the facts and without actually watching the team consistently. That's my point. That's the problem that I have. So the Devils are actually in a lot better position than what some people in this industry think that they are. And I say some, okay? So yes, do we need help? 100%. Are we going to make the playoffs? No. Are we going to be towards the bottom of the NHL? Yes. But this team is still not at full strength. We're not at the full, you know, we're not at our full team just yet. We're still building it. And give us a chance. Give us a chance for another year or two to get this going. And then you can make your assessment. That's what I was trying to say about that. So at the end of the day, people are obviously entitled to their opinion. But at the same time, you need to have facts behind it. You need to know what you're talking about. Because otherwise, you get exposed and get called out from people like me.